All right, good morning. Good morning. If everyone can find a place to be seated, that would be great. Hey, as uh, Pastor Jeff shared, my name is Dean, and I am one of the uh, pastors on Church here at New Life. And so if uh, um, we are glad, I am glad that each one of you are here. If you are uh, watching us online this morning, or if you're listening to one of our audio recordings, either which way, hey, we are glad that you are here. Thank you for uh, for joining us uh, this morning here at uh, A New Life. I pray that everyone had a great Christmas and wonderful time with your family. Did you guys have a great Christmas? Yes. yes. All right. Good food and everything. I know we're still celebrating Christmas yet this weekend with family in town. So very, uh, very good. So I have this being the last Sunday of the year, as the saying goes, you save the best for last. So, hey, here I am. Yes. <laughs> no, well, I know that's not true, but sincerely, you know what? I find it a great privilege and a great honor that I have to share the last message of this year uh, with you and also to give you the first message as we look at the new year uh, coming up. So thank you. I'm glad for this opportunity to share with you today. Last week, uh, Pastor Jeff just finished a series uh, that we were doing titled Christmas Past, Present, and Future. And so if you uh, uh, were here last week, you would have heard Pastor Jeff uh, share about Christmas future. And in the future, he said that we will get to celebrate Christmas every day. My kids liked that idea a lot. Let me tell you that. So thank you. Kids like that idea a lot. But you know, in the Christmas future, um, he shared in that message about the rapture of the church. He shared about uh, the Christ uh, second coming. And, you know, we none of us know the day or the hour that those events will happen. So unless the rapture is going to happen in the next couple days, there's one thing that we all know about this, about our future. And that is in a matter of two days that we are all going to enter into a new year. 2013 is going to be gone and 2014 will be here. We do know that's going to happen if that rapture, rapture doesn't happen before then. So thinking about the new year, I was thinking about some New Year's uh, traditions. I'm sure like many, I'm sure most of you, um, people across the world, I think I read that about one billion people on Christmas Eve all join together and they watch, on New Year's Eve, and they watch what on TV? Yes, they watch the ball drop in Times Square, right? They watch the ball drop. About a billion people across the world join together to watch that event. So that caused me to think, what is this ball? And and uh, to look a little bit more at that. So I actually found some really interesting information about this ball on, uh, on uh, New Year's Eve that drops in Times Square. So I thought you guys would find this information interesting as well. The first ball drop in New York in 1907. And it was constructed of iron and wood. And it was, and it had a hundred, one, it had 125 watt light bulbs on that ball. I think that bulb is a little bit, that ball is a little bit brighter, uh, now, um, and, in uh, this year, but made up of 125 watt light bulbs. 
Interesting, I came to find out, though, is that ball that we see drop every year in Times Square. Check this out. That ball is actually named the Star of Hope. That's actually the title of that ball that drops in Times Square is the ball of hope or the star, the star of hope. See, that's the ball that drops is made up of is made up of over like 5000 different crystal triangles that's on that ball. And each one of those crystal triangles has a different special meaning attached to it. It has things like hope for fellowship, hope for peace. Hope for wisdom, hope for healing, hope for courage, and so on. It has all these different symbols and all these different things of hope that each of those crystals on that ball, on that star of hope, represent. So why would they call this New Year's Eve ball the star of hope? Well, as we stand at this doorway of a new year, we recognize that the new year is a time of hope. A time of new beginnings and a time for new opportunities. Some of you may be, as we look at this coming year, some of you may be uh, getting married. Some of you may be purchasing your first home. And others of you may be moving into a retirement home. Others of you may be graduating and getting ready to head off to college. While other little ones may just be going to school for the very first time. Some of you may be looking forward to a career change or a new business opportunity, or others may be thinking about, ah, yes, it's finally time to retire. Yes, I have a few years to go yet before that one happens, thankfully. So, but hey, if you're like me, there's excitement and anticipation for this new year and all that it can bring. But at the same time, there's also a level of fear and anxiety that goes along with the new year as well. What's going to happen in the new year? What kind of things are going to take place? Sometimes the things that bring us great joy, like thinking about a marriage or purchasing a home, whatever those things are, sometimes those things can also bring a mix of fear with it as well. For example, I think of uh, this year our... Um, our oldest daughter is uh, graduating from graduating from high school, and you know though we are very excited for her to graduate, um, we also it also brings a level of fear and anxiety a little bit as we think about all that comes along with graduation and the expenses and her making that transition off into college. So going into the new year, you may have concerns as well about things like finances. You may have concerns about your health or the health of a loved one. You may have concerns about job security or relationship. The list of fears and concerns that you may have going into the new year can be endless. Is this something that you can relate with? Yeah. But if you're like me, I know as I've been reflecting now and thinking forward as we go into the new year, that my desire for 2014 is that I would walk through this year with a greater level of hope in my life, with greater hope in my life, because I know that God is at the center of my life. 
You see, the hope that I'm talking about, that I'm focused on for this new year, this hope is not the hope that I talked about on that's on the New Year's Eve ball, the star of hope, the hope of wisdom, the hope of courage. Those are really just wishes. The hope that I'm talking about is a true hope that comes from a living and walking relationship with God. That's where our true hope comes from, is a relationship with God. So how do we do this? How do we go into this new year with a greater level of hope? Well, first, this morning I want to share with you is that God has a plan for you. God has a plan. And that is comforting to know that the God of the universe, He has a plan. This takes me to our primary passage that I want to speak about this morning, a passage from Jeremiah 29.11. In that passage we read, For I know the plans I have for you. God says, I have plans to prosper you. That's a good thing, right? Plans to prosper us. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a future and a hope. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, this passage from Jeremiah, this passage is a very familiar passage. Uh, many of you uh, may have it up on your wall at home. I have um, a plaque in my office that has that, uh, that phrase, that verse on there. But like any verse in the Bible, what's important to know and important to do is to look at the verse in the context in which it's found in its chapter as well as in the book. Because while this is a very promising and a very hopeful passage that I just read, the reality is is that this verse is tucked within a chapter that is really a very sad and depressing chapter and book in the Bible. See, what was happening at this time was the Israelites were in captivity in Babylon. They were going through a great struggle and a great difficulty. See, they were taken off into captivity because of their unfaithfulness to God. So this was not an easy time for them, and they did not have much hope. They were in a very desperate and difficult situation. But in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this trial that they were going through, the prophet Jeremiah comes into their life really with the ray of hope, with the light of hope, and says, you know what, through this trial that you're going through, through this difficulty, God has a plan. God has a plan. And he tells them, and this is a good plan. Isn't it great to know that whatever we will face in this coming year, whatever may come up, we have no idea what our future holds. But we do know this, that God has a plan. Can you say amen to that? Yes, God has a plan. We don't know what that future holds, but as believers, we can know who holds our future in his hands. God is holding our future in his hands. And you know what? If someone's going to hold my future in my hands, in their hands, I'm glad that it's God that's doing that. This passage reminds us that God's plans for us are good. 
God has great plans for each one of us. God's plans are to help us and not to harm us. This does not mean, though, that we're not going to go through the coming year with difficulties, with struggles, with challenges. God never promised, God never promised that. See, God is always good and His plan for you is also always good, regardless of the struggle that goes along with that plan. But God is wanting to tell you this morning, but keep your focus on the, inter- on the eternal and not to give up because God has a plan. And folks, it's a good plan. It's a good plan for your good to prosper you. Keep your focus on the internal and keep pressing on. This reminds me of a, um, of a story. This reminds me of when um, a baby giraffe is, uh, is born into this world. I found this interesting as I, uh, as I read this. So a baby giraffe, when he's being born, will drop approximately 10 feet when he falls out of his mother and will fall right on his back when a baby giraffe is born. So he'll land on his back and he manages to maneuver himself and position himself in an upright position and he has his feet tucked up underneath him and just at that time the mother will look over the baby giraffe that was just born and glance down at this baby giraffe and just as the giraffe is starting to get a sense about where it's at and getting accustomed to uh, this new environment. And the most unusual thing, the mother will take her long leg and swing it back and give her baby a kick and will send her baby giraffe rolling head over heel forward. Man, that's quite a rude awakening. (laughs) Send her baby rolling. And you know what? The mother will do this several times. Will kick the baby several more times. And just as the baby gets up on his feet for the first time, what do you know? The mother goes and kicks the baby again. Oh, man. You know, I say, arrest that mother for child abuse. That's what I say. That's right. So the mother just goes and kicks the baby again. But you see, this is for the baby's good. It's for the baby's good because if the baby does not learn how to get up on its feet quickly, the baby giraffe will become easy prey in the wild. So God's plans are for good even when they tend to hurt us or we feel pain at times. See, in fact, God tells us that in this world, we read in John 16:33 that in this world you will have trouble but take heart some translations read but be of good cheer it's hard to think sometimes of being a good cheer when we're going through difficulties but god says take heart for i have overcome this world i have overcome the world see god also tells us that he will never leave us nor will he ever forsake us. That he will not let us go through these trials of the coming year, through these difficulties alone. That God is always with you. God's desire is to see us turn these trials and these difficulties into triumphs. We read in 
Second Corinthians here, where it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You read this and you might say, well, why does this happen? God says, he continues on here in Second Corinthians as we read a few passages later in 15 and 16. He says, all of this, just like that story of that baby giraffe being born, all of this, folks, is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people will cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. See, this was true for the Israelites, for their circumstances had not changed. They were still in captivity, and they were going to be in captivity for quite some time. But God was reminding the Israelites, hey, I have a plan, and my plan is a good plan. Remember this today, that if they are God's plans, they are good plans, even when discipline is involved with those plans. See, a part of God's plan is to provide our hope. God wants to provide our hope. See, moving forward, Jeremiah 29.11 still has applications and principles very much for us today. See, God knows the future, and his plans for our future are full of hope. We read in the scripture that God himself, that God himself is hope. We read in Romans one of uh, one of my favorite uh, passages in the Bible that has been of great encouragement to me. Romans 15 says, May that God of hope, may the God of hope, may he fill you, fill each one of you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The trust in him, such an important part of that. That we would trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the biblical word for hope actually means to trust that God's future is for us. That his future is for you. That his future is to help you. And this future is not to harm you. See, we can have boundless amounts of hope even when we are experiencing terrible difficulties and challenges. As we remember that this life is not all there is. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And that's what the Israelites were having to hold on to as they realized the best is yet to come. See, the hope of knowing that we will live forever with God will help us to face life and will help us to rise above the storms that may come in our life and things that may happen in the coming year. 
But understand this, however, that this hope only comes if we have surrenders, if we have surrendered our life to Jesus Christ and asked Him to take control of our life. This hope that God wanted to give the Israelites is the same hope that God wants to give each one of us. For today, I have asked uh, Kelly and uh, and uh, Sheila Kelly Kennedy and Sheila Thiessen to uh, uh, to share a little bit about this hope. So, if you guys would uh, would come and join me on the platform right now, give it up for Kelly and Sheila. Yes, thank you guys. Yes. Kelly and uh, and Sheila here are a couple in the church that I have had a privilege to uh, get to know and to spend some time with. And recently, as I was visiting with them, uh, they were sharing me about what God has been doing in their life, and it really brought great encouragement to me as I hear as I heard your story of surrender and hope. So, Kelly, let me uh, let me start off with uh, with you. How you doing? You doing all right? No, I'm not. I'm nervous up here. <laughs> <laughs> I offered these guys if they wanted to preach the sermon that I could, you know, I, I would, you know, be the one interviewed. But they said no. They would, they would be on this side, so that was okay. So Kelly, hey, thank you guys again. I'm glad that you are here. And um, so Kelly, um, I know that you've gone through some uh, difficult challenges um, in uh, in your life. How has God, through these challenges, provided you hope? Well, first of all, he uh, just made me be quiet and become comfortable with just being me. I, you know, don't live up to any expectations. Just, just live your life right now as quiet and still, and learn who you are. And then he could be himself within me. Then that's that's where I got my growth and my faith right there. Excellent, excellent. Now I understand that Sheila has been. Um, I know um, through the. the the road that you've been on and, and the prayers that you've had and uh, desiring to um, uh, to have a partner in life, I understand that Sheila has been a uh, an answer of prayer uh, to you. So uh, at least that's what you told me, right? She's yeah. been an answer to prayer. Okay, good. I, I want to set you up here. Did he tell you, you that when good. I wasn't around to? All right. So uh, so tell me, how long have you and Sheila been uh, been dating? Eight hundred and eighty-two days. <laughs> oh man. You've got them counted down. All right. Well, in the fall, um, just here a couple months ago, you were telling me the other day about a a verse that God uh, just impressed upon you. Would you uh, tell us about that? Yeah, the the, the verse came out of Psalms 90, and it's verse 12. But the the amazing thing was is I've never had this happen before. I mean, I, I dreamt it at night, and I woke up, shook my head, couldn't believe it, you know, thought, okay, well, whatever. I went back to sleep and I kept dreaming this thing over and over. And, and, it, and it's a simple verse. And it just says, teach me to make the most of my time so that I may grow in wisdom. Yeah. God's been teaching you a lot about his wisdom and his timing, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sheila, let's turn over to uh, to you for just a, a minute here and ask you a couple uh, couple questions um, you know, in this uh, 
um, message I've been talking about, the Israelites and the Israelites being in captivity. Um, the thing that I haven't shared yet is that uh, the Israelites, um, God was telling them that they were going to have to be in captivity uh, for 70 years before they would receive the hope of the future that, uh, that they desired. So uh, tell me about the, uh, the journey um, of waiting that you've been on and uh, what God has been teaching you in that journey. Well, I think I've spent most of my life waiting for something. I just didn't know what that was exactly. And, and I think, you know, um, God has taught me to um, trust in him and not trust in myself. I mean, through everything that's happened in my life, whether that be, you know, health issues or abuse or divorce or whatever, you know, I've started, I really started to become kind of a cold-hearted, you know, strong, independent person, which for a very long time I was pretty proud of that. Yeah. And and uh, hung on to that for a long time. But I guess what I've realized is, you know, even though there are things that I've wanted to happen in my life, it comes down to the fact that I wasn't ready, and God knew that. And I think, um, you know, God sent Kelly into my life to to help me come here and to come to him. And, you know, even though I don't think, I don't always agree with his timing, um, it's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, and a part of that timing was, like I said, you've been through some real difficult challenges in your life, and um, you've, I think you told me you, uh, you knew God, but God wasn't um, uh, living inside of you. He wasn't uh, that uh, personal God to you. Is that right? Right. I think I think there were several times that he was, you know, hitting me in the back of the head trying to get my attention, <laughs> and and I just didn't pay attention, you know. And I, it, now that I've I am where I am now, I can look back and think, you know, I should I didn't. That was God, and I didn't pay attention. And a part of that plan, Kelly used uh, God used Kelly to uh, uh, to bring you closer to God. So, what I believe you said was it a couple years ago that uh, you came to church here at New Life with Kelly. Tell us about what happened. Um, yeah, I guess I came. He came to church. I probably came two or three times, and and uh, I don't I don't know. You know, we're, I'm very. We're both very musical, and worship is is huge for us. And and I don't remember what song it was now, but there was just something in a song that just suddenly it was like. I get it, you know, I understand, and, and it just seems like ever since then, it, things have just grown, and it has been a whirlwind, it has just been a whirlwind. And uh, surrender has been, like for all of our lives, that surrender is so, uh, is so huge, and God calls us to trust Him and surrender to Him. So I know surrender has been a big part of the walk that you have been on, so tell us a little bit about that surrender piece. Um, that's been huge for me because because of my past, I was not about to surrender to anyone at all. And learning to surrender to God has been everything. I mean, I surrender every day. I surrender every emotion, every emotion, you know. And I probably surrender over and over and over every day, you know. And it just it brings me so much peace. And I had no idea that existed. So yeah, surrender is very, and it's helped me with us because I wasn't in a frame of mind to surrender to a relationship, and it, you know, it needed to be God's timing. I knew 
God needed to know that I was ready for that before he let that happen. That's great. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. And like you said, it's all in God's timing and, and the surrender to God's plan. And I know you shared with me that through all the difficulties and the hurts that you've gone through, you had desires and been praying for the plans for your future and have been praying for um, you know for a spouse and for a kind of relationship like you have with Kelly. But that plan wasn't happening necessarily as fast as you would like. And uh, sometimes, if you guys can relate, things don't always happen in our timetable, do they? But God has a perfect plan. And you were reading, you shared with me the other day, just a powerful thing that happened in your uh, devotion time just what, two weeks ago. Oh, sorry. Yes. So would you read what God shared with you out of Jesus Calling? Was that December 21st? Yeah, the 21st. And actually, um, we had missed, both of us had missed reading this that day. And so we read it in retrospect. Okay. So um, anyway, it's for December. It says, my plan for your life is unfolding before, I might not get through this. <laughs> my plan for your life is unfolding before you. Sometimes the road you are traveling seems blocked, or it opens up so painfully slow that you must hold yourself back. Then, when time is right, the way before you suddenly clears, through no effort of your own. What you have longed for and worked for, I present to you freely, as pure gift. You feel awed by the ease with which I operate in the world, and you glimpse my power and my glory. Do not fear your weakness, for it is the stage on which my power and glory perform most brilliantly. As you persevere along the path I have prepared for you, depending on my strength to sustain you, expect to see miracles, and you will. Miracles are not always visible to the naked eye, but those who live by faith can see them clearly. Living by faith rather than sight enables you to see my glory. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Kelly... Like you said, uh, Sheila said this was something that that was your devotion for the day, but actually you were off that day and you didn't read the devotion that day, but you came back and read it later. And uh, as you came back and read it, I, from what I understood, it just blew both of you away because on that very day, what did you do? On that very day, I proposed to her. <laughs> so that's that's where we get... The awe in God's timing, uh, her patience to be waiting, uh, my willingness to be humbled and uh, strengthened. And then uh, when we, you know, like say it was a day or two afterwards, we read that after our, our great evening together when I proposed and we're going, wow, we should have read this Saturday morning. I had it all planned out. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, guys. So, um in closing here, as you look back on this last year, and as we're about to enter through this doorway of the new year, what has God um, taught you or shown you that gives you hope for next year? What, what I am learning, because I'm, I'm not taught yet, I'm pretty slow, but it, uh, it keep your, your faithfulness and your willingness to listen and to grow and to walk blindly because I don't know my path that God has for me, but I do trust him with every step I'm taking. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you both very much for sharing. Let's give it up again for Kelly and Sheila. Yes. There, uh, you know, one thing that really stood out in in that interview, and and when I listened to uh, when I listened to their story, was the piece that uh, that Sheila shared about surrender, surrendering to God's timing, surrendering to God's plan, and trusting and trusting in Him. In uh, closing today, the the last point that I want to I want to focus on, and I think it really came through well in that is God is telling us today, don't seek the plan, but seek God. Seek God. For it's God who gives the hope. It's God who gives the plan. So don't go after seeking the plan. What's your plans for this year for me, God? And in turn, go and seek God. He is the one who gives the hope. You see, we can't receive the promise of this verse 11 that we've talked about in Jeremiah 29. We don't receive this promise of this hope from this passage unless if we do what is talked about in verse 12 and 13. So let's take a look at that, at that verse on here right now. Verse 12 and 13 reminds us that when we call on Him, when we call on God, When we come to pray, God says, I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's coming to God and seeking him, seeking him with all of your heart. Turning to him in prayer bringing everything that you have before God and saying, God, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking you with everything that's inside of me. Sometimes when we're going on our spiritual journey, that seeking God can be difficult and challenging because we don't understand the path that God has you on. But if your spiritual journey is anything like a plane trip that I was on some time ago, God may have to take you from Omaha to Atlanta before he can take you to your destination in Chicago. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) But God's plans are right and God's plans are good. His plan in our mind doesn't always make sense. But when we follow God's plan, he will lead you to true hope. God will lead you to true hope. See, over this past year, I have personally experienced this myself. Through a change in pastoral leadership, through financial and medical challenges that we faced in our family, and changing responsibilities here at the church. Man, there's many times I felt like that baby giraffe, where I just felt like my feet were being kicked out from underneath me. I felt like I was just about to stand up, and then, bam, 
Here comes another one. Here comes another challenge. There's many times throughout this last year that I've struggled with fear. I've struggled with doubt. Times where I felt like just giving it up. But through all of those times, God was faithful. And he always brought me hope. See, this passage I shared today is a very personal passage to me. Because this has really been the passage that God has used to speak into my life throughout this year. Every time I felt those moments where my legs were being kicked out, God just reminded me, Dean, I have a plan. I have a plan. And it's a good plan. It's a good plan. It's really a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. What I'm asking you to do, Dean, is to seek after me. To seek after me with all of your heart. So folks, that's my encouragement for you today. I don't know the plans that God has for you this coming year, but God does. And there are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. But God is telling you this morning to seek after him. To seek after him with all of your heart, with all of your difficulties, with all your challenges, with any struggles that you may be facing, or things that may be happening in this coming year, or health issues that you have right now. Seek after him. Seek after him this morning in worship. Seek him at the altar this morning. But God just says to seek him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Father, I thank you for your words of encouragement, for the hope that we have in you. Father, as we uh, enter this new year, may we be filled with hope, with the joy and peace that only you can bring as we turn our focus to you. Father, as we go into worship now, God, may we just seek you with all of our heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen.